Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. You are listening to Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very happy to be filling in. You're listening in on CBS Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help. For all your home loan solutions that fit your life, remember that Rocket Mortgage can. We have a very busy show planned today. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll be joined by Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe as we pay respects to one of the greatest Americans that this country has ever produced. Bill Russell is not just a sports hero. He is an American hero. We will pay our proper respects to the late Bill Russell here coming up in about 20 minutes. But we have to start today's show with the top story and breaking news in the NFL. It has been a cloud that has been hanging over the league. For quite some time, we have at least step one in a resolution as the judgment has been handed down and Deshaun Watson will be suspended for the first six games of the NFL season. Now, it is important to note before we dive deeper into this, and we'll hear what Ian Rappaport had to say here coming up momentarily, the NFL has the ability to appeal this suspension. Under the old CBA, and I think this is really important because I think the league has done a very poor job in communicating this to the average casual fan, the NFL has the ability to increase the suspension for Deshaun Watson. Under the old CBA, they didn't have this process. Roger Goodell got all the information, he got all the facts of the case, and Roger Goodell levied out his suspension. People, players hated this and felt like Roger Goodell had too much power. So one of the points in the new CBA is this process, that it goes to a third party. In this case, it went to Sue Robinson, the judge. She then talks to people, does her fact-finding, does her information. She then recommends this suspension to the NFL. The NFL now has three days to determine what they want to do and how they want to move forward in this proceeding, so we'll wait to see what happens with Roger Goodell in the NFL in the face of this six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. 
Before we dive a little bit deeper, here's the latest from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Judge Sue L. Robinson has informed the parties that Deshaun Watson should be suspended six games. This comes after the three-day disciplinary hearing in June. The long-awaited ruling for the Browns quarterback, the NFLPA, and Deshaun Watson put out a statement late yesterday saying that they would not appeal the ruling. So six games will stand from the standpoint of Deshaun Watson and from the NFLPA, no word yet on the NFL, though, of course, uh, Judge Robinson was jointly appointed uh, based on the, the new CBA, jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA to be in this exact situation. Both parties do have the right to appeal, so we'll wait on the NFL. This is the case that we have been waiting for in the new CBA. Let me explain. Under the old system, as we alluded to earlier, Roger Goodell was judge, jury, and executioner. Let's be real here. Let's have an honest conversation. People were not too happy about the old system either. Felt like Roger Goodell had too much power. I think back to the Ezekiel Elliott situation. I think back to what happened with Deflategate. People felt like the power of Roger Goodell was too overreaching, was too powerful. So people wanted this process of this third party. I believe that Roger Goodell... For all the things that he has done in the league, and I understand that he's a polarizing figure, and a lot of it is deservedly so, but some of that is just going to be heavy as the head that wears the crown, and sometimes you got to be the bad guy because the owners pay you a lot of money to be the bad guy in most of these situations. But the league will forever be haunted by the decision and what happened regarding Ray Rice. Of all the things that Roger Goodell has done, that is by far and away his darkest hour. Whether you believe it or not, The NFL certainly had more information than the general public did. And if TMZ had the ease and access to find that videotape and release it, the NFL certainly had the ability to go out there and locate and find that tape. The NFL initially gave Ray Rice two-game suspension and, to me, have always been trying to right that wrong. Now you come to this situation and a perception that I believe from the American public and the sports fan that believes that the NFL doesn't take these instances serious enough, whether it was Ezekiel Elliott, whether it was Ben Roethlisberger, Ray Rice, various situations, there is a perception in the National Football League that they don't take issues against women seriously. And now Roger Goodell is sitting in a very unique place, in between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. This is the process that the players and the owners have agreed to that these issues will be handled by a third party and Roger Goodell will mostly stay out of it. But I think the NFL has all but communicated exactly what they wanted. A lot of times you got to think about how information gets out and why information gets out. And you remember a couple of weeks ago, there was that two to three week stretch where every story kept painting it like the NFL wanted Deshaun Watson to be suspended for at least a year. That certainly was the trend. I think we now know why. The NFL got a feeling that today was going to happen. The NFL got the feeling that the suspension was going to be far less than what they would have done, and they wanted it on the record, so to speak, what their suggestion would have been. If this was the old CBA, if this was 12, 18 months ago before we agreed to this new deal between the players and the owners, I fully believe that Deshaun Watson would have been suspended for a whole year. But that's not the process that we're on. Now Roger Goodell sits in a very difficult situation. Is he going to go back at the first instance on the deal that everybody agreed to, or is he going to do what he feels is right? Ultimately, this is too light of a suspension 
for what Deshaun Watson is accused of. Deshaun Watson had 24 separate accusations of sexual misconduct. We are not talking about a single he said, she said. We are talking about a he said, she said, she said, she said to the 24th power in this instance. A six-game suspension is far too light for what Deshaun Watson is accused of. This is an instance in me that Roger Goodell has to appeal and has to push for a much more severe and harsh penalty. Even just the financial ramifications of it aren't nearly enough. When you think about what the Cleveland Browns did and the way that they manipulated the contract for Deshaun Watson, there's not even a significant financial penalty for all of this. Deshaun Watson this offseason signed a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. This six-game suspension will cost him $345,000. He's going to earn $45.65 million and is still guaranteed another one hundred eighty. $345,000 in six games isn't nearly enough. I believe that Roger Goodell cares greatly about the image and the perception of the league. And the perception of the league amongst its fans, especially women, is that they don't take these issues seriously enough. This ruling from Judge Sue Robinson only furthers that in a lot of people's mind. And this is Roger Goodell's chance to go back and right a wrong. I don't think Deshaun Watson goes from six games to 17 games, but it should be a double-digit game suspension. To me, that's a no-brainer, and that's from the start. There's nothing that the NFL can do about the money. The money is done. The contract is structured the way the contract is structured. Even suspending him for another four games takes, what, another $200,000 out of his pocket. That's nothing in the face of $200-plus million guaranteed. But the NFL needs to send a very harsh and swift message here that this conduct won't be tolerated and damages the brand and the shield. The NFL tells us all the time how important the shield is and how protecting it is. Deshaun Watson did something that damages that credibility. So what are you now going to do as the commissioner of the National Football League and the keeper of this game? A message has to be sent that this is unacceptable. Even in the words from the judge, Deshaun Watson's behavior, quote, was egregious. Well, six games is not an egregious penalty. Six games is a standard penalty in the National Football League. It's a standard penalty. It is a very simple violation of the personal conduct policy. The actions of Deshaun Watson are much more serious than that. And the reflection should be indicative of that. So we have three days to see what is going to happen with Roger Goodell and whether or not he is going to appeal this. I believe he is going to, and I believe the league is going to seriously push for, at a minimum, a double-digit game suspension. I don't think that it's going to go without a fight. I believe Deshaun Watson's camp will fight it. I believe the NFL Players Association will fight it as they've decided that they won't appeal it. We're going to see, in my opinion, an open disagreement between the commissioner of the league and the Players Association. This is a fight to me that the NFL has to win. If the NFL wants 17 games, and I believe that Goodell does, and the players are fine with six, there's a lot of numbers in between six and 17 that both sides should be able to agree with. So we'll continue to track this thing. This is not over. 
Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension came down. To me, that is now the baseline. I don't believe that 17 is the ceiling. That is too far of a jump up in my mind to get everybody to agree. But I do think we'll see an appeal here coming up in the next few days, and I do think we'll see the suspension get to 10 games. I think it's important for Goodell to send the message to the league that the suspension for Deshaun Watson is not enough, and we need a harsher penalty for what he is accused of. We'll switch gears here just a little bit. I want to pay respects to one of the greatest people that this country has ever produced. We'll head to Boston and be joined by Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe. Bill Russell passed away at the age of 88. That's coming up. Keep it right here on CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. You are listening to Writer Than You. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very happy to be filling in. You're listening on CBS Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now and talk to one of the best newspaper columnists in the country. He is an author. He has written 12 books. His 13th book is titled Wish It Last Forever, Life with Larry Bird's Celtics. Let's head to the phone line right now and be joined by a columnist for the Boston Globe, Dan Shaughnessy, joins us this morning. Dan, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Let's just start here. What does Bill Russell mean to the city of Boston and more specifically to the Celtics? Well, I mean, you know, everybody's got their Mount Rushmore in sports, and of course we've got Tom Brady, we have Ted Williams, we have Bobby Orr. But Russell sort of supersedes everybody because of the winning. He won 11 championships in 13 years, and uh, he coached the team for two years, the first black head coach in American sports. And just walked away after beating the Lakers one last time. So uh, there's a statue of him down by City Hall, and, and he's an iconic figure. And most of us, you've got to be pretty old to remember any time before Bill Russell. I mean, he came here in 1956, made his mark in a big way. And uh, 
so it's just a it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to to realize he's no longer with us and had a good long run lived to be 88 and the finals MVP trophy was named after him of course and would have been nice if uh, I don't know Jason Tatum could have won the finals and had Bill hand him that trophy this year one last time before uh, before we never saw him again. Right now we're talking to Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe, longtime columnist for the newspaper. What's the relationship like or towards the end regarding Bill Russell and the city? It's certainly been widely chronicled. It has been very hot and cold at times. Towards the end of his life, how did the relationship end with the with the city? Well, I think, you know, I think it was better. But he was never going to be, you know, try to make everybody feel better and, you know, walk around and, and kind of – he didn't play the fool here. So, you know, he, he came into a Boston that was, you know, pretty deeply – split and not necessarily open to minority communities and uh and he he won all these games but he never felt the love in that time when his family was here and if you read his books the wonderful books the one second wind diary of an opinionated man um with with taylor branch really gets to the heart of a lot of that he said boston was a flea bag of racism and he comes down very hard and when they retired his number after his, his career was over here, he insisted on an empty garden. Didn't want fans there, and it was done privately. Uh, I think that a lot of that was, was better as the years went on. He saw, you know, his daughter went to Harvard, and Bill spent some time here in, in a different capacity, and I think saw things had, had gotten better. But it's never going to be whole. It was never all right. And uh, he made sure people knew about it, and I, I respected him for that. And, and uh, he was not going to just, like I said, kind of – engage and make everybody feel better just because uh, everybody wanted to. As someone who's covered sports and lived in Boston for as long as you have, what were your interactions with them? Did you ever get a chance to profile him? Did you ever get a chance to sit down with Russell? It's funny. Uh, you know, he, he, was, he blew hot and cold, mostly cold, especially with us. And I understood that. I had a good relationship with Red and most of his teammates. You know, I wrote several books on the Celtics. And um, so he knew I was around. One, one time he was, uh, he was on kind of a getting into heaven tour. He was back here and he was signing the autographs and he was helping his daughter with a mentoring program at Harvard. And he came to the Globe executive dining room and, and sat around with us and told stories. It was unbelievable. I mean, we could ask him anything. We got him going. He told me this great story about Archie Clark, who was a scorer with the Lakers in the 60s and how he could win games with his intellect. And, you know, it's just a regular season game. The Celtics were down two, about 10 seconds to go. Laker ball, timeout. So, you know, you're going to just inbound and dribble out the clock, get fouled, whatever. Russell had a different idea. He said, Archie Clark's in the game. He's a scorer. If I create a pass to the basket, he'll go for it, even though they don't need more points. So he did. They inbounded. He made a pass to the basket. made it apparent that Archie could go get a layup if he wanted it. So Archie takes him up on it, and, and Russ blocks the shot from behind. They get the ball back. They tie it. They win it in overtime. He loved that story. He thought that was just great. And on that same day, he pulled me aside, we were walking down the corridor, and he sort of said, hey, Star, for all those dozens of times I never get back to you, uh, you know, I'd be working on a book or a column or whatnot. And, you know, Red would help me. He said, oh, try this. He'll, he'll, he'll get back to you. We'll encourage that. But he never did. And uh, that was okay. And I said, hey, I understand that. And you gave us your game. And that was enough. And, and I think most people in Boston feel that way. Right now, we're talking to Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe for a few more minutes here, paying respects to Bill Russell, who passed away at the age of 88. Yesterday, as I was just doing some reading and trying to learn more myself about Bill Russell, it's amazing to me how expansive his life was and what it covered. 
I learned that he was a pallbearer at Jackie Robinson's funeral. He also was at Kobe Bryant's funeral. He played in the late 50s, early 60s, but also just handed the finals MVP trophy to Steph Curry. Like, when you think about the bridge of American and sports history, Bill Russell is at the center of a lot of it over the last 50 years or so. Oh, man. You can go back to when he's playing in San Francisco and they won 56 in a row and two NBA titles. They won the Olympics in Melbourne in 56. He's the greatest winner in the history of sports, no question about it. And as you say, more than just sports, it crossed over. There's that iconic picture of the, the Cleveland Summit in support of Muhammad Ali with Jim Brown and young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell sitting at the table with him, surrounded by a lot of sympathizers. And I think he was at Martin Luther King's funeral. I'm not positive of that, but he, he certainly, as you say, he crossed over into, uh, into mainstream cultural political areas and did not care what people thought. He was going to stand up for what was right, and uh, he did that to the finish. For someone like you that covers athletes and writes books, how, how important do you think that part of his legacy is going to be? Because to me, one half of this story is obviously the winner that he is, and his resume is second to none who has played the game of basketball. But there are so many of these stories of things he did off the court that to me feel as equally important, if not more important, than everything he accomplished on the court. Well, I'm glad you're saying that. And I think that, you know, this is an opportunity for folks to sort of take stock and realize how large this guy was and, and beyond sports. And I hope that, uh, you know, young folks who may not have that appreciation kind of come to that and read up on their history and, and have a new appreciation for what he brought to America in addition to what he brought to professional sports. Don't forget, first black head coach in all of North American sports, and uh, they won two championships with him being a player coach. I mean, this guy, it's just, there's nothing comparable. No, there certainly isn't. We're talking to Dan Shaughnessy here. Going forward, do you think there's a plan to have a statue at the Boston Garden, at the stadium? I know there's one in City Hall, but to me, just as an outsider, every time you walk into that venue, there should be a statue of Bill Russell. Are, are there any plans to honor Bill in, in a different way than they already have? You are correct, young man. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's what should happen. Either you take the one they got, is a fine statue, but relocate it to where folks are going to see it as they go into games and be reminded of You know, Bobby Orr's got one in front of the garden, and Ted Williams has one over the Fenway, and I'm sure Brady will have one at the gates of Gillette someday. You know, Russell should be there on Causeway Street, or name Causeway Street after him, or, you know, do more. And I think that the, the climate's right for that. And uh, as great as it was to dedicate that statue, I think it should be in a more prominent spot. Or, like you say, let's start a new one. That is Dan Shaughnessy joining us on the show today with the Boston Globe. He has written 13 books. His most recent book is Wish It Lasted Forever, Life with Larry Bird Celtics. Dan, it was an honor to have you join us today. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. That's Dan Shaughnessy joining us on the show today. I'm really big on going to people's Wikipedia page and looking at their career accomplishments and highlights. Just pick any athlete that you liked and covered and just go on there and on the right side of the page, it tells you, everything that they accomplished as a professional and college player. And depending on who you root for, some people, it's kind of small. Some people, you look at it, and it is incredibly impressive. And their resume is complete. If you look at the accomplishments of Bill Russell, we're talking about an 11-time NBA champion, five-time NBA most valuable player, was an all-star every year from 1958 to 1969, 12 consecutive seasons. Three-time first-team All-NBA, eight-time eight second-team NBA. 
rebounding champion four years. He's on every NBA anniversary team that the league has ever had, 25, 35, 50, and most recently 75. His numbers retired by the Boston Celtics. We're not talking about the Sacramento Kings here. We're talking about the most storied franchise in NBA history. His numbers retired. Two-time NBA, or excuse me, NCAA champion at San Francisco. Tournament most outstanding player. And that's just the the on-the-court stuff. We're not talking about anything that Bill Russell accomplished or did outside the game of basketball. And what I've been thinking a lot about since hearing this news and just learning more myself about Bill Russell, as someone who is in their early 30s, when you hear about someone, you hear some of the story. But when someone like this passes who meant so much not only to sports history but also American history, you want to learn more about him. And I'm learning things about Bill Russell that I never knew. In 1964, Bill Russell wanted to strike the All-Star game because the league didn't have a proper pension plan for its players. Wilt Chamberlain wanted to play in the game. Everybody agreed to take it to a vote. Bill Russell's side won. The NBA caved and eventually changed his policy. When you think about the story of the assassination of Medgar Evers back in the 60s, and he goes to the family and asks, what can he do? They end up having a basketball camp in Mississippi that was integrated. This is in 1963. Bill Russell is in Mississippi hosting an integrated basketball camp. Like there are countless of these stories from Bill Russell that I think people should know and that people should share. And I think it's really important to share these stories because I think about so many of the conversations that we've had as people who follow and cover sports over the last five years or so about athlete activism and sticking to sports and shut up and dribble, et cetera, et cetera. That's not what sports is really built on. When you really think about the last 50, 60, 75 years of American sports, it is built in the crossover between social issues, whether it's Jackie Robinson, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, the Olympics, like we can go on and on. Sports that we have loved and followed have never been aside from what's going on outside the realm of sports. There's always been a clear intersection between those two things. And I don't know if there is an athlete outside of Muhammad Ali that embodies that more than Bill Russell. I don't know if there is an athlete that shows the intersection between social justice and progress outside of the sports arena and also progress inside the sports arena better than Bill Russell. He is the first African-American coach in the NBA. Now a league that has half of the coaches are African-American. Bill Russell was the first person to do it. Bill Russell refused to properly be inducted into the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame until the first player who broke the color barrier was inducted. And that was in 2019. We talked about it with Dan just a little bit, the bridge that is created between his life in modern-day sports, he was a pallbearer at Jackie Robinson's funeral. He sat front row during the I Have a Dream speech and was also just at the NBA Finals two months ago and handed Steph Curry the Finals MVP trophy that is named after Bill Russell. So when, I, when we talk about Bill Russell, the conversation just can't be about sports. To me, that limits the scope of what Bill Russell really was. 
The scope of Bill Russell is social hero. That's what it is. It's social hero. And he was as great in that aspect of his life as he was on the court. And there are a few people in the history of the game of basketball who have done more than he's done. I mean, we're talking a small list of people have the accolades and accomplishments of Bill Russell. He was the player on probably the dynasty in the history of the league, a league that has seen its fair share of dynasties, whether it was the Celtics in the 60s or the Lakers in the 80s, the Celtics again in the 80s, the Bulls of the 90s, the Lakers at the late 2000s, the Golden State Warriors of today, the dynasty that everyone is chasing in the history of the sport is the Boston Celtics, and Bill Russell was at the center of it. They won 11 championships while he was there. An absolutely incredible life on and off the court, and I think we owe it to him to pay our respects to not only one of the greatest athletes of all time, one of the greatest Americans that has ever lived. We'll get back to sports coming up on the other side. The big story today, Deshaun Watson has been suspended for six games. Now we wait to see what Roger Goodell is going to do That's coming up in a bit, but first, let's get you a CBS Sports Radio update with Andrew Bogus. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Jared Dubin, who covers the NFL. We'll talk more in depth about Deshaun Watson and his six-game suspension from the NFL. I want to read to you guys a tweet from Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, one of the top reporters out there. The NFL must now grapple with whether Roger Goodell is a more fair, accurate, or appropriate arbiter of justice in the Deshaun Watson case than an impartially appointed federal judge who weighed the presented evidence for a month. It is a sizable question with a consequential answer. So to take you guys a little bit more behind the scenes of this, because I don't know if every NFL fan knows this now, and maybe I am using social media as the barometer, and therefore I apologize. But I believe a lot of people think that this was Roger Goodell's decision. It's not Roger Goodell's decision. He now has a decision on if he wants to move forward with this information 
and now override the judge's decision. But under the old CBA, there was a criticism that Goodell had too much power. I think back to the fight between the Dallas Cowboys and Roger Goodell, and Jerry Jones was pissed at Roger Goodell and felt that he was being unfair in his ruling against against Ezekiel Elliott. And I think what the league has sort of settled on and what I'm taking away from this ruling from Judge Robinson is if there are no criminal charges that are going to move forward, then the six-game suspension in the writing of the NFL is the appropriate suspension. I think that's a really important thing to discuss here is that six games is what the personal conduct policy says you get. Now, I agree. It is a blanket suspension that should be handled on a case-by-case basis. Like anything, there is nuance. There is gray area. There are exceptions to any rule that, in my opinion, the actions of Deshaun Watson exceed what is the standard violation of the the personal conduct policy. But that's the rule. So the players wanted, teams wanted, owners wanted an impartial third party to rule on these things. Let's take it out of Rogers' hands and let's allow a third independent party to get all the information, talk to all the individual people, and then come back and give us your ruling. Well, that process has played itself out. I'm unhappy about the suspension too. I think the actions of Deshaun Watson warrant more than a six-game suspension. But on the flip side, this is what the rules state that he should get. But to take it one step further and where I think the intrigue is and where I do want to hear from people, 855-212-4227, that's 855-212-4CBS, is this is not the end of the story. This is, to me, part one of the story, and now we're waiting for Act 2. Roger Goodell now can do something about this. You got this information back from Judge Robinson. Are you going to say, no, that's not good enough, appeal the decision, and fight for more? And what Goodell does in this situation is ultimately what he should be judged for. Is Goodell going to sit back and accept this and say, well, that's the rule, or this is what we've all agreed to? Or is Goodell going to fight for a player in his league, go against the NFL Players Association, go against one of the team's wishes, and fight for a longer suspension? The answer to that is going to be really, really intriguing. This is the system that everybody has agreed to. The system has failed, in my opinion. Deshaun Watson's actions and how many sexual assault accusations that he has should warn a double-digit game suspension, if not a full year. I believe that was the intention of the National Football League. If we were under the old CBA, that's what I think would happen. But we're not under the old CBA. So what now happens? What Roger Goodell does, how he plays this, is a defining moment for him in a very, very high-profile case. Today is not a good day for the National Football League. It looks weak on this. The perception is, oh, same old NFL. They don't take these things seriously enough. That's not on Roger Goodell at this point. This next step is on Roger Goodell. 
from the football perspective with the Cleveland Browns, and I do want to get people's thoughts on this suspension and the ruling of what's going to happen moving forward, 855-212-4227. If the six-game suspension holds for Deshaun Watson, these will be the six games that he misses. At Carolina, home against the Jets, home against Pittsburgh, at the Falcons, home against the Chargers, home against the Patriots. That's a very manageable schedule if you're Cleveland. I think Jacoby Brissett is a high-end backup quarterback. To me, the goal of any backup quarterback is if your starter is out for four to six weeks, can you go 500? Could you potentially go one game over 500, go four and two, you feel great going into it, your starter comes back and you're ready to hit the ground running and you're still in playoff contention. You're not asking your backup quarterback to guide you to the playoffs. You're asking your quarterback to keep the boat steady until your starter gets there. And I think that Jacoby Brissett is more than capable of doing that, especially with this schedule. Carolina, non-playoff team. Jets, non-playoff team. I don't think the Pittsburgh's making the playoffs this year. Atlanta's not making the playoffs this year. Home game against the Chargers. Home game against the Patriots. The Chargers are capable of being the Chargers at any possible moment. Who knows what they're going to do in this situation. They could get beat 37-3 or win 37-3. They're the Chargers. I think this effectively takes them out of the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation. Just last week, Cleveland had the second best odds to land Jimmy Garoppolo. The five teams in order were the Giants, Browns, Seahawks, Texans, and Lions. They were second on the board to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no reason to go get Jimmy G if Deshaun Watson's only out for six games, especially these six games. Jacoby Brissett might be the best quarterback in the game against the Carolina Panthers and the game against the Jets and the game against the Steelers and the game against the Falcons. Cleveland might have the better quarterback in their first four games of the season. It's their backup quarterback. I don't know if Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold have proven to me they're definitively better than Jacoby Brissett. Same thing with Zach Wilson. We already know what Mitch Trubisky is. He stinks. And we haven't seen Marcus Mariota in three years, four years. You're not at a decided quarterback disadvantage in those games. It's a coin flip on either side. And if he's only going to be out for the first six games, you only miss one game in your division. And according to this six-game suspension, Deshaun Watson gets back week seven and you play Baltimore, a team that has a good chance of winning the AFC North, I think you ride it out for the first six weeks of the season. I don't think you go get Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't go take on that contract, and you don't give up a draft pick. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo puts you in a significantly better place than Jacoby Brissett does, especially at this point. The NFL season starts in six weeks. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo to have him potentially start in six weeks, you really got to ratchet thing up where Jacoby's been here this entire time. He's been here for minicamp, been here for OTAs. He's already here at training camp. We have him start in this scenario. I think that's unnecessary. I would say this takes them out of the conversation to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that conversation's over. 
The top five were Giants, Browns, Seahawks, Texans, Lions. So if you want to move the Browns out of it, because I don't think they're realistic anymore, and then move the odds up, Chicago was the sixth most likely team to get them. I do believe we see Jimmy Garoppolo get traded here in the next two weeks. But Cleveland's off the board. The Giants would make a lot of sense with Daniel Jones and bringing in a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. And if something goes wrong with Daniel Jones, then by week four, week five, you could potentially salvage it with Jimmy G. I don't think Seattle is going to make that trade. And Seattle, to me, seems pretty hell-bent on moving forward with the guys that they currently have. They're not making the playoffs this season. But to me, the Seahawks are more focused on 2023, 24, and beyond and trying to get a stockpile of talent back together. So you stockpile draft picks. You just made the trade for Russell Wilson. You let Bobby Wagner go. And now you're trying to kind of build up some high-end draft picks to go back after and get it in a couple of seasons. So I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo makes a lot of sense for them. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make Seattle a playoff team. And if you're going to be a non-playoff team, at least give me the higher draft pick. Doesn't really benefit Seattle to be the 13th overall pick. Not as much as it does to be the third overall pick. So sometimes you got to go through short-term pain for long-term gain. And the short-term pain is you need to be a top-five team this year if you're Seattle. You need to be in the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud sweepstakes if you're Seattle. Because having the 12th overall pick is doing you absolutely no good if you're Seattle. Not when you look at how good and talented the Los Angeles Rams are and San Francisco. And, oh, yeah, Arizona just signed their quarterback last week. So if you're Seattle, you got to rip that Band-Aid off and just accept that it's not going to be competitive this season. I wouldn't make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo if I'm the Seahawks. I let it ride for this one individual year. I see where our draft pick is. I see what we got in Drew Locke. And we assess where we are next year and if we're going to get more seriously in the veteran quarterback market. If we're going to do what Indianapolis has done the last couple of years, we're going to do what Carolina has done the last couple of years, or if we're going to go out there and really draft and develop our quarterback. We haven't had to do that since Russell Wilson. Now you got to. Now you've got to go out and start that process all over again and find who your next quarterback's going to be because that guy's not on your roster. The Texans are interesting for Jimmy G for this reason. Texans also looking for their long-term quarterback, but maybe they have it in Davis Mills. I doubt it. I strongly doubt they have their long-term answer at quarterback, but you never know. The Texans were surprising to me last year. I know they were a bad team. I thought they were going to be a bad team. They were far more competitive than I gave them credit and a lot of people gave them credit last year. They actually played well down the stretch. They were fairly competitive down the stretch. This season, new coach, new environment. You don't have the cloud of Deshaun Watson hanging over you. Let Davis Mills start and see what happens. I mean, the last four games of the season, they go two and two with the win over the Chargers, a win over Jacksonville on the road, fairly competitive in their final game against Tennessee. The Texans got off to a really bad start, but the last half of the season weren't that bad. They went three and five after their bye week. I mean, they're not a good team. Don't get me wrong here. Don't don't get me confused. 
But you certainly owe it to your organization to let Davis Mills start for this whole season. You're going to miss, like Seattle, you're missing the playoffs either way. You're missing the playoffs if Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter or Davis Mills is your starter. So let's see what the 23-year-old kid can do who's still on a mid-round rookie contract. So if I'm the Texans, I don't make that move. If you're the Lions, who are also on this list, the Lions are paying Jarrett Goff an insane amount of money to be incredibly average. I mean, Jared Goff counting against the salary cap this year is $31.1 million. Can you afford to make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and continue to be incredibly average at the position? Doesn't seem very smart to me. Doesn't seem like the right play. Doesn't seem like the correct play. So I'm just thinking about where Jimmy Garoppolo could potentially land, where he could end up. And the Giants make a lot of sense to me as a team that is in transition between who their quarterback could potentially be and want to give themselves a fail-safe if something goes wrong. But a lot of these other teams, I think it's far in their best interest to go out there and be bad this season than anything. But I think we move past the point where he is a realistic option for the Cleveland Browns. I don't think that he is. I don't think that he has a chance of going to the Cleveland Browns, even with this news of Deshaun Watson out for six weeks. Let's head to the phone lines really quickly here before we catch up with Jared Dubin. DJ is in Las Vegas. Hey, DJ. DJ, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Got you loud and clear. Go ahead. Okay, great. Hey, so I just wanted to speak on the – so – but not one person who accused uh, Deshaun Watson of the inappropriate behavior met the criminal criminal burden of proof, just like in the Jameis Winston case. Their case went, never met the criminal burden of proof, and even the Kobe Bryant's case never met the criminal burden of proof. Uh, Robert Kraft was actually charged, but for some technicality, it wasn't met. So my point is this. Even though Deshaun Watson had several more accusers, the more accusers you have don't necessarily mean that your case is weak. That means you got 25 times to prove the criminal burden of proof. And not one person in all of the uh, juries, I can't remember the uh, uh, um, the people who, who who they send it to to see if their case meets the criminal burden of proof. Not Grand one jury. person met it. Yeah. The, uh, yeah the, so nobody's met the criminal burden of proof in none of the cases. So now this comes back to a disciplinary process for his behavior. I think six games meets that. Ben Roethlisberger got four games, if I'm not mistaken, for two rape allegations within a 24-month period. That was big. But, hey, we, we, we went forward with that. Robert Kraft, I don't know what happens with owners meet that. But, hey, so uh, he, he did his thing. Deshaun Watson, just because there's 25 doesn't mean he did 20, 25 times as bad. Not one person. But, but, but I, I hear you. Know, we're, we're, and we're against the break here. It's hard to deny the absolute sheer volume of it, but your stance is the exact same stance as the judge had. If you read her ruling and the statement from it, she said almost verbatim what you just said regarding Deshaun Watson. Having 25 rape allegations, sexual assault allegations, have to count for something. We keep this conversation going on CBS Sports Radio with Jared Dubbin. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.